0: All right. Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, which means it's a special day. It's time for stocks to watch. Today, we're going to go and just, it's a blitz. We're going to go through stock tickers one by one and talk through what we like, where we see strength in the market, where we see weakness. Emphasis today on the weakness, because my goodness, it is going to be, we're we're seeing some red coming up in the next few weeks, at least through July. Uh, But we're going to talk through it. Um, First thing uh, I want to bring up, is something we've got in Folico that rates the market. Now, for everyone that hasn't joined us before, Folico is an AI powered platform. We go out, we scan all the news so you don't have to. Uh, look, if you were to read as many articles as Folico reads every day, that would take you about two and a half years every day. Uh, so instead of that, grab a cup of coffee and join us to review some of the data here. Uh, so, here what we have is our market outlook. Now, Tyler and I were taking a look at this data earlier this morning. Again, Folico, we're producing six different uh, indicators for every company on our coverage list. These six indicators, we call them health scores, and what they represent is how a company is performing relative to these specific indicators as represented in open source information. So we have ESG and systemic. I'm going to take them out for now. But so now we have what we like to call our core four. Uh, this core four, they oftentimes in a company can act in tandem to show how well company's internal mechanisms are working out to produce profitability, to show showcase strength and management and reputation and brand. Um, but we can aggregate all of these factors uh, across our whole coverage list to make one central market index. And here's what we see. So coming out on the 10 week, especially let, that, this is going to be an interesting one right at the end of February, beginning March, the whole market was at a peaking state. Uh, And we've seen this just diving down since then for the past several months, uh, getting further and further into weakness. Now we do see on the 10 week, a little bit of leveling off there. But one thing that I think is particularly interesting was that earnings power was really a holdout ahead of the other three for a long time. That earnings power indicator showing that companies were still showing some strength in their earnings, despite the fact that other indicators in the economy, inflation, consumer confidence, a lot of these other pieces were really hurting. And that's actually something we've been uh, seeing reflected in real world data, that a lot of the earnings releases coming out for the past several months were a lot stronger than people thought due to a lot of strength, uh, pent up strength in the consumer, strong savings accounts, Uh, not really much weakness in in debt or uh, much risk of default. But as we see that earnings power indicator power down more and more, that's leading me to believe that we're going to start seeing some real weakness in those earnings power or earnings releases coming up here soon uh, on a systemic level. Now, a lot of people think that's bad and that is bad, but that could point to the case being made that we could be reaching a market bottom here in the next few months. Tyler, what do you think of that? As we're mocking through the data here, uh, any thoughts, reactions to how I'm interpreting this?
1: Yeah, and and like we were talking about this morning, we have you know we're we're trying to make a, a pretty difficult call here. In so far as you know, our data is as I keep telling you, I, and I use this term bearish as sin for the next three months. You know, a, across um, you know the the growth and uh you know the things that were held for the last two years we we think that's got a ways to go i mean you know every day i come on here and tell you how much you know our data hates semis it still hates semis we'll pitch you some semi shorts later um but yes i i do think you know we need some kind of capitulatory event so if that's just a quarter of you know absolutely jaw dropping you know jaw droppingly bad earnings you know, that, that's, that's something, you know, that's a way we could get it there, right? If you, you know, day after day of just washouts, um, you know, that maybe you could get the capitulation that, uh, you know, everyone will tell you that we need to finally bottom that way through, you know, earnings events or, or something like that. Maybe we'll see it, the capitulation happen a little bit differently this time, at, you know, as opposed to just, you know, a three-day all-out dump and the VIX goes up to 45 like, you know, people have been traditionally used to.
0: Tyler, why is it every time we see anything green above 1% in the market, the next day, every analyst on every talking show is saying, oh, this is probably the end of the bear market. This is probably the market bottom. Like now's the time to get in when really it's just a little bit of a relief so people can get out of positions. Right. So I, do you know what we're going to be looking for to actually say, here's a here's a bottom happening?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see the opposite of what we see now. When when I go through my scans of, you know, our FANG stocks, our semi stocks, our, you know, again, the our our fallen bubble growth stocks, let's call them. When I go through there, you know, they're uniformly bearish. It, when I go through, it's not like, you know, 60, 40 or 70, 30. It's like 95, 5 and I'm probably being generous. So I would like to see that start to change. I would like to see, you know. All of a sudden, we have some ac- some upside price forecasts on a couple of these. Doesn't have to be all of these, but but that would be an, a nice change. Whereas you know, you look through a sector ETF, you look through Felico's take on on each component of the ETF, and it's bearish, bearish, and more bearish. So um, you know that would have to stop. I'd have to see that change. You know, before we started to get more constructive. Again, some of the studies we did in the uh, the Fang is Fang bottoming video. Answer no. But we found uh you know kind of looking for october context uh, for a bottom so you know all of our timing lines up you know quite well so we could potentially actually see that bottom um but we do see significant weakness you know before that happens
0: gotcha all right so let's start taking a look at some individual tickers but first real quick rush to vish good morning buddy thanks for joining us this morning Look, uh, we're here with you on all your questions on YouTube. That's how we're going to be able to get your questions. If you join our live stream on YouTube, we are live with LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, so come join us on any of those platforms. But if you want to dialogue, ask questions as we're going through specific tickers. If you have anything that's raising some doubts or thoughts in your mind, reach out to us. Let us know and we'll get those questions answered this morning. Again, Folico is live today. So if you're seeing the data uh, and you want to get some clarity in today's market conditions, join Folico today. In the description below, you're gonna see a link to www.cinerai.com and that's where you're gonna be able to get access to the beta today. So Tyler, let's jump right into it. What's uh, showing some interest here today?
1: So here's my, uh, here's the hit list for lack of a better term. So, I mean, I could, have, I could have brought you a list of, God, 100, 200, 300 stocks that we have, you know, 20 plus percent downside over the next 12 weeks on. Um, I focused on these because I think um, these here. So we'll start with when we did some analysis yesterday of the, of the bad, CRM was the worst. Mm-hmm. So we have 23 have percent downside on that in 12 weeks which isn't, you know, potentially as appealing as, you know, some of these other downside targets. But I would say our conviction on this one is higher um, that we will get a move. Um, and I, I just did, I took the, uh, the the terminal break even just for the put side. This is not straddles. We're just, we're taking a directional view. So we're only taking one leg. Um, so, you know, we see an outsized move versus the market is, is basically, you know, I'm just showing – you know how much of a of a bigger move we expect in the options market. Um, you know,
0: real quick, I, I want to talk to everyone about what we mean by levels of conviction here in Folico. So in Folico, you do get price predictions or price targets for a company uh, over certain time horizons, everything from one day out to twelve weeks. Right. However, uh, there's a lot more to Folico than that. You also get these health scores, and you can compare those health scores on a one day, one week, ten week rolling basis, things like that. Um, and, and this is gives us a view of when all the alarm signals across all those different dimensions are blaring red, it's telling you something's going on here. Uh, CRM, yeah, that's a company. Um, I personally, this is my personal view and opinion. I see a lot of bearish signals on that one, particularly. I mean, the, what we were looking at it yesterday. The PE is what? 117. Some imaginary number, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of room for downside here. Felico thinks there's plenty of downside, you know, not that anyone tuned into this show for, for Tyler's technical analysis, but it's also, you know, technically an interesting location to, to sell. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, of potentially, you know, interesting things to do on the downside in July with CRM. Um, the next two I'll show you, I'll be brief because, you know, I, I, I get on my soapbox on semis pretty much every day here, but. Taiwan semiconductors, ASML, you know, we we don't we don't think the beating is done yet. Uh, you know, plus 20% downside on both. Um, we've been short semis since June 2nd. Um, you know, I, I think our cover date on that is sometime in October, but you know, we'll definitely do, given all the bad things I've said about semis, when it's time to to turn positive, we'll do a you know, maybe a full show on that.
0: Um so Tyler, some- you- you you called the peak for semis at the beginning of this month, said that there's going to be a bleed out afterwards. Everyone was saying, no, there's all this pent-up demand. It's going to be immortal forever and it's just going to live on and be a happy story. Um, man, it that that has really come to, to uh, come to pass, right? So what are you seeing for the actual bottom there? When is it gonna be a good time or should we just benchmark the market and wait for that? I mean, these
1: Nobody, I don't think people appreciate how far these have moved over the last two years. So really what we're doing is in in some of these names, I would argue is not, you know, unhealthy, you know, things just don't go in a straight line in the market generally, right? Like, you know, we do, and those are great trades, but it ends at some point there, there's no, you know, aside from the Fed balance sheet, haha, Fed jokes, there's no chart that goes like this, right? Like, um, (laughs) So you know that's that's kind of like how I how think. Make
0: fun of your own joke as you were making it. Like you interrupted yeah, I, yeah. your joke to make fun of yourself. <laughs>
1: that's a that's a bad joke. I'm sorry, guys, but you know staring at the Fed balance sheet for the last 12 years will do things to you. Um, yeah. So you know I, I don't I don't think that you know that the that what we're doing is unhealthy. It's not like these companies are you know their stocks are getting completely blown out because they're bad companies now. No, you know, I, I, as as much as I, you know, bad mouse semis, you know, they have a large part in in a lot of things moving forward. You know, in our day to day lives, as you know, uh, security and defense domestically and abroad. You know, that the, that whole interplay. Um, so there is there's going to be a ton of of upside when you know things start to change. There's a bunch of future catalysts um, that could you know bring them significantly higher, but we're not there yet. We think we need to to let some more air out of the balloon first. I think, um, when I wrote the article June 2nd, most of our data had a exhaustion date on like, I want to say October 11th, but you know, we're not, we're not in the business of making calls four months out. So, you know, if, if we get, you know, next couple months and, and that date is, is, uh, you know, it hasn't moved, we'll get back in front of you. We'll talk about what to buy, but until then, no thank you, semis, no thank you, software stocks, uh, you know, another
0: one like that, paychecks. Real quick, Tyler, while, while we're talking to some, some tech here, we are getting a question here from Troy. Are you guys going to discuss Tesla stocks today in today's stream? If not, at the end of the stream, can we discuss about it? So, Tesla. Yeah,
1: sure. Let's, okay, we'll do, we'll, we'll do it live. Um, so, let's take a look. Interesting. So, this is, Oh, boy.
0: I'm going to pull up. Yeah.
1: So I got I got a couple things for I think people are going to like. So first of all, check out this price forecast. Just kind of sideways. Interesting. You know, we don't I take I take notice of of the shape of the projection line. And that's something you spoke about yesterday. So we don't see a lot of just, you know, Meh, for lack of a better term, we, you know, we, we see, we see up, you know, upward, downward, we see, you know, kind of squiggly, but we don't really see like, you know, such a difference. Um, it's,
0: it's pretty impressive actually, but go to the health factors and check out the earnings factor. Now that's, that's fascinating. Real quick. I want to point out for everyone new to, to Folico and the view that you're going to get looking at an individual company, not only do we see these predictions and how the company is performing on these health factors, but I get an immediate view of some of the biggest tail and headwinds facing this company. Staff reduction, that's always an interesting thing, um, talking about why a company would be going through that cycle. But yeah, let's take a look at now the time horizon with these health factors playing out. Earnings power is positive right now, but look at that slope. That's not something you want to see. Um, we find in, earn, in health factors, again, for our education session, we're going to be doing it next Wednesday. We're going to be doing a 20-minute deep dive into what health factors are, where they come from, and how to use them properly. Um, we look at them, or I look at them, in three different dimensions. I look at the current Roth score, I look at the one-week slope, and I look at the 10-week slope. All three of those things come in to tell an interesting story because if you just looked at the instant number today, you would see earnings power a little bit positive. But when you see a gentle downward slope, that's, that's usually a pretty bad signal when you see a steep slope like this like I would call this right here a pretty steep slope downward on the earnings power especially and um, that that looks like some bad news what are you seeing there Tyler
1: yeah I mean that's just gross it's all rolling over and going negative at once I don't you know that's not a bullish characteristic in my experience you know uh so while the price model has you know Tesla going sideways, I don't see anything here that, that, you know, really excites me. And given our general market view, you know, I, I, think you can wait and, you know, Tesla should bottom with the market, um, you know, if not, maybe a little before because of the, the arc component, you know, but I won't get into that, but, uh, you know, I,
0: I don't, I think you can wait is, is basically what our, what our data is telling you. It's interesting that earnings power would be dipping in an era when everyone's trying to get a Tesla as uh, you know, you're either getting a loan out to get a Tesla or to fill up your gas tank, either one, you might as well get a Tesla. Right. Uh, and yet earnings power dipping down that might call for a, a specific episode. I'd love to do autos. We should do an auto day, Tyler. Uh, right. Ford right. with their uh, F-150 lightning, having some troubles and their whole success of the company hinges on the success of that truck. I, I wrote an article about it uh, about a month and a half ago. So how that goes is going to really shape up. And then GM jumping in with both feet into the electric vehicle market. Uh, I think that'll be an interesting episode. We're going to do that probably the week of July 11th, I would say, Sounds right? Uh,
1: maybe the week after. But yeah, that, we're, okay. we're definitely we're going to put it on the on the docket for this summer. Um, we know Tesla is a high focus of, of a lot of people who are trading. So we'll we'll make sure to pay some special attention there um you know ford is interesting as as well so yes we will definitely do a a all-inclusive autos you know whatever whatever it is they burn we'll cover it whether it's you know neo gm we'll do it all
0: that staff reduction is is hitting them companies with huge pent-up demand and they could just be more profitable if they just hired more people and scaled up don't go through staff reduction right and there's
1: just a lot at play there you know there's the when time puts you on the cover your stock's doomed you know indicator (laughs) there's the you have to sell all your tesla shares to buy twitter and now you're stuck buying twitter you know fact like there's just a whole bunch of other things at play there so like you know big gap risk big event risk you know you're, you're dealing with uh you know
0: the man, the myth, the legend, Elon. So, you know, he's pretty much capable of anything. Rush to Vish, health factors seem to even predict Tesla laying off 200 employees. That's an interesting thought. I had not thought about that before, that if you are working for one of these companies and you see your own earnings power health score dipping like that, is it time to start printing out resumes? That's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got a means. question from Hart, uh, about AbbVie. I wanna hit that question, but first I wanna get back to your sheet, Tyler. Uh, And let's discuss the bottom half of your sheet. Uh, So cold heart, we'll, we'll hit your question here in just a minute. Okay. So uh,
1: the other one we have nasty downside on just real quick is Under Armour, you know, like 40% in the next 12 weeks. That's a big call. I'm going to look at, you know, potentially some, some puts on that, um, you know, out of the money as a tail,
0: just because, you know, if that forecast realized that is a, that's a view you'll get paid to take. Um, Did you see uh, there was a a recent branding poll just released where they were uh, asking consumers to compare Nike, Under Armour and Lululemon as to like what you think the most good looking or popular brand for athleisure wear is and Under Armour got like 12% of the vote. Yeah
1: and and it's amazing because they were the you know the first mover they invented this whole space right so you know, to be the first mover and then completely blow it in such a fabulous fashion is, is you know, I'm almost impressed.
0: Um, I mean, who can't make a T-shirt? I mean, you can get the same stuff on, on Amazon for extremely cheap. You're trading on full brand value there. And if your brand value isn't screaming good, that's trouble. Yeah. So big downside ahead. So this is actually, you know,
1: I found this pretty interesting. So the other thing I was, I was, I started looking at yesterday when I, you know, thinking about stocks to watch, I started looking through the regional bank ETF. Um, and I found a couple, a couple shorts in there and I, you know, there, but there were also a couple longs, you know, so it's kind of a mixed bag in there. So I'm not, I wasn't going to pitch the full ETF, you know, to you guys as a short, but I saw some components in there and I saw some larger bank components that we have, um, Basically, we're gonna say the ECB is gonna blow it. You know, famously here. Look at these downside forecasts on DB and UBS. My God, um, you know, like I was saying to you yesterday, banks don't bleed like this unless you know we're we're having a macro event. Um, and with what's going on with the ECB, you know, it, it, we could we could get that kind of scenario, right, where they just completely. Uh, You know, the market sells the banks on on rate hikes. You know, that's that would not surprise me in the least. Um, The euro is going lower as as the ECB keeps convening, you know, emergency meetings and swearing to God that they're going to hike to positive and all this stuff. So, you know, the market's completely just, you know, laughing at them. So, you know, that's that's potentially an interesting short. um,
0: Now, Tyler, I, I did hear that a lot of these banks are trading at or below price to book. Yeah. How, how, how does a bank dive and hit further headwinds when they're trading below price to book? Like isn't that doesn't that show some level of doubt that that books as valuable as they state? And I mean, doesn't that become more systemic?
1: One, yes. I mean it's it's completely dist- a systemic trade because you know, we we can't get these targets. We can't get DB down 30% without some kind of macro shock. The one I I'm, I'm proposing to you is, you know, Basically, the ECB's failure to, you know, do anything useful um, this this summer, you know, could push the bank significantly lower. Um, It's also, you know, book value. Book value is, you know, sometimes up to interpretation. Where are you going to mark your stuff? You know, if it's if it's illiquid, you know, who says it doesn't trade at par, even though I bought it at 60. You know, so there's there's a whole lot of stuff there that I'm not accusing it, but I'm just I'm pointing out like. It's not like one plus one is two. A mark is, you know, you can look at three different services, pick the one you like the best, and that's actually a defensible mark. So, you know, there's, there's a lot more at play there. Um, you know, there is the, the markets and iBanking operations. If, if, you know, uh, nobody can issue and all their clients are getting smoked, for example, you know, that's, that's not generally a good thing. Um, so there are other line items that that especially these two banks um could could blow it on um you know db has been uh the sick man of europe for for quite some time so you know th- there's there's no reason that in a macro shop we, we couldn't see that uh you know considerably lower i will say of this list i think our favorite one in terms of conviction is h-ban which is huntington bank um that one is a regional bank and you know we see some pretty decent downside there it's domestically based so uh, i th- i think you know i would prefer to to trade that one um you know just especially given the model's view and my view of of how badly the fed's going to treat the market in the next three months um so that would be my favorite there and as you can see the market's not even you know pricing any, anything close to that right like you know Interesting.
0: So, so now, Tyler, we are getting a question from AI powered swing trader. If I'm not comfortable with options trades, how should I take action on these insights?
1: So that's that's interesting. That's you know something I, I talk to people about all the time. Being long is easy because it's a positive carry trade. You can just buy it and hold it. Um, you know, obviously you have the mark to market and things like that, but it doesn't inherently cost money to be long. There's a borrow to be short. There's premium on puts um so if you you need leverage in your account to short so that is why i talk about it in terms of puts because more people can trade you know options which is kind of crazy than than can short shares so the other way to do this would be to short shares um you can also find i don't like these at all um the short etfs you know you're long an etf with short exposure um i have a whole bunch of complaints about those but if you can't short shares and you can't buy puts and you can find a short etf uh, usually a short sector etf like uh you know i'll show you guys one but i i to be very clear i don't recommend trading this one if you can short share short shares if you can buy puts on the specific components please buy puts on the specific components there's a whole bunch of other things at play in these etfs so you know in. There's leverage and the bleed and it costs money to be in those ETFs. So you're paying a small fee to be in those. So you're there's just a whole bunch of slippage that maybe, you know, you're not thinking about. So, again, short shares, buy puts, but you can do something like.
0: um, While you're pulling that up, did you hear the creator of the crypto ETF just created the first uh, short crypto ETF?
1: Yep. So that's, that's good for you. Crypto longs. Cause that's, that's, that's the kind of thing that helps us bottom. So what I was looking for on semis was S O X S it's the bear three times levered. So that's the problem, right? Is you're effectively bought, you're effectively paying somebody else to buy the options for you. And then that ETF is going to decay. If it, if you don't get the, the, uh, the move delivered. So there's a whole bunch of, it's a trading tool. Like I, that's not buy. please do not buy and hold this. You know, this is a, if you you want to trade it for a week kind of, kind of thing, because you think we're going to get the, you know, the move on a straight line, but you know, please be careful with this. There is decay in these because you're, you're paying somebody to buy options. You're also paying, you know, a. uh, basically a you know a management fee on the etf so be very careful with this but that is the if you are long only that's a way to be short semis um again not my favorite way to be short semis but it it
0: is a way that works volume on this has just absolutely gone from zero to pretty big over the past year
1: because there's a lot of people who who you know potentially have the same problem that you know, the gentleman who asked the question did, um, you know, there's a lot of if you're if it's just your 401k you're managing, for example, um, you know, you probably are just going to want to be short via longs, if that makes sense. So,
0: um, you know, but again, the, to your point, Tyler, suppose you had incredible foresight to see all the market troubles and you wanted to get uh, take some bearish positions in semis like last October. You You just saw the incredible valuations that say NVIDIA had or something like that, and so you went into this, you'd still be at a minus right now. yes. Even though it's been incredibly bearish and rough for semis. So I agree, I mean, this seems like a dangerous thing. You have to not just have foresight, you have to have precision. Time, in order yes, to- you have to, this
1: is a timing device. So, you know, we think our data allows us to do that and that's why, you know, we can say stuff like this, but yeah, if you just button hold this, You know you would have been impossibly right but you know you'd be down which you know there's no worse feeling in the world than being right and wrong at the same time um because then you're just wrong um so yeah so you know that's 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 door number three but i far and away far and away far and away you know would prefer short shares long puts uh long puts spreads uh any anything like that short calls like you know there's a million different uh there's not enough upside juice to, to be short call spreads but you know the rest of those i think are pretty interesting and would you mind running so i just wanted to show you guys this i think this is cool the xlu over xlk
0: oh yeah so yeah. this so, is when you ahead. think
1: about risk on risk off um you know traditionally obviously some of these correlations have broken given the the bond stock correlation has has broken somewhat But when i think about sector etfs and just pure risk on versus risk off my risk on you know proxy is the xlk etf and my risk off is the xlu utilities etf so look what happens when and i'm going to let travis explain you know exactly what he's doing but it it paints a very interesting picture
0: so xlu the the remember this is p-values and everyone new to p-values we want to accept the alternative hypothesis at a certain level so in other words the way that you can interpret this and i have switched the signs here so for all you stats nerds out there yes these these are switched i'm actually labeling it with the alternative hypothesis so if we're lower than 0.1 that is a a good confidence to say that this is true if we're lower than 0.5 that's strong confidence that this is true and so we can say with some very strong confidence that XLU is at least equal to or greater than XLK. So statistically, our numbers are showing pretty good conviction that XLU is a better uh, basket of companies than XLK. Does that fit, Tyler? Is that making sense how I'm describing it?
1: Yes, that's exactly right. Because yesterday when I, you know, you were telling me tomorrow was stocks to watch, my stocks to watch were going to be utilities because we're bearish. So that would be a you know one of those hidey holes you know when when risk is generally uh, you know selling off you can potentially hide in utilities but you know that's no fun because the upside on on that trade was was very limited so you know we are giving you our ideas that have some more you know downside here but yes so i mean that that completely fits the narrative that you know
0: defensive stocks are going to outperform over the next month and and so we have plotted expected returns for each of these baskets. Blue is the market. You can see our models are very bearish on the market going out 16 weeks, right? But we have green line here being utilities. And so utilities above the market at every level. Great, that's exciting, right? Until you look over and you see that, okay, above the market is at zero. I mean, if you're looking at that as your upside, instead of holding the risk, just hold the cash, right? Right
1: yes and that's essentially what what we're saying is you can either be short or try to figure out how to play for a stalemate this month um because we don't think it's going to be a good risk taking back
0: you know uh backdrop at all yep absolutely all right tyler i gotta go and trade some stocks last thoughts before we close out no i mean
1: you know i'm i'm i i hate being this bearish you know it, it it it's 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 pretty trying honestly even though we've been right um, you know, to, to just go on and be like, "Yep, stuff in your portfolio is going down another third, maybe." Um, but you know, let's let's see. The 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 data has been pretty impressive thus far, so you know, I, I have
0: no reason to doubt it. Cold heart, I'm sorry we did not get to your question today, Abv, but we would love to address that. We'll go deep on Abv another time. Um, and uh, join us again, 8.30 a.m., Folico Live every morning, Monday through Thursday, Friday. We're doing report cards, our first report card. We're crafting it today. We need some more time to actually let our predictions ruminate a little bit because uh, we produce the show on Thursdays, right? Uh, so if we're making predictions Thursday morning and then an hour later making a report card, there's not enough time for things to actually happen. So this week's report card is coming out next Friday. Don't miss it. Uh, see how right or wrong we are. Let's keep ourselves intellectually honest here. That's what we're trying to do. We are not a financial services company. Please, for any trades, uh, consult a a qualified financial services professional. Uh, We're just here giving some data and giving some opinions. Thank you, everyone, for joining. We will see you next week for our earnings roundup on Tuesday. Again, 4th of July, we're out. 5th of July, earnings roundup. Thanks, all.